Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? You should stop trying to become fluent in English. I know this is a strange thing to say, but if you make fluency your only goal, you may simply never achieve it. Here's the good news if instead you develop proficiency, you will naturally get fluent. So that begs the question how do you develop proficiency in English? Boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and masterful way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, on your way to work, debuting a new habit, or even trying to figure out how to improve your English level. <laughs> so I'm joined here in the Global Studio by the one and only Axel Pose. AKA Thiago. How's it going, Thiago? Hey, Ethan. I'm doing well. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You might actually get to find out today why they call you Axel Pose. <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch this video podcast until the end or listen until the end, uh, you are going to learn why proficiency is better than fluency. We will also tell you three simple steps to become more proficient in English. And Thiago is going to share his favorite metaphor for language learning. By the way, spoiler alert, everybody, it has to do with guitar. All right. <laughs> all right. So as promised, we're going to be talking a lot about proficiency in today's episode. But before we get into talking about proficiency, first of all, why exactly are we saying that fluency is not the best goal for a English learner or a language learner to have? What is fluency and what does it mean to be fluent in a language, Thiago? Yeah, I think it's nice to define that because nowadays uh, you see so much content online uh, all about fluency, how to be a fluent English speaker. But what does it even mean, right? Um, to me, I would define fluency as your flow, you know, the flow with which you speak, the ease with which you speak. Um for example, do you pause too much when you speak? Do you hesitate too much? Do you have to think a lot in order to come up with a sentence? These are maybe indicators of lack of fluency. So it's how confidently, how naturally you express yourself, basically. How would you define fluency, Ethan? Uh, I definitely think that that's, uh, I, I agree with what you said. I think the complicated thing about fluency, too, is that there's different types of fluency. I, I, I always like to believe that there's different levels of fluency. And even we're going to talk about proficiency. I would say that proficiency is one level of fluency. Uh, but the problem with saying I want to be fluent is a lot of people who are listening to this, if you're listening, you're understanding most of what we're saying, you're probably already fluent in some situations. So there's something we've talked about before on the podcast called situational fluency, which has to do that in certain situations, you feel confident, you can speak about it naturally, but when you're thrown in a foreign situation, so you know maybe when you go to the bar and you talk with you know friends or with new people, or you're introducing yourself to someone, you can do that completely fluently. You feel confident doing it. But you know, if you get thrown into a business meeting 
where you're having to present uh, about a project that you did in English rather than in your native tongue, you might you know, freeze up. You might feel like you don't have the words that you need to speak about that. You might feel a complete lack of confidence. So in that sense, you know, you're probably not going to come across as very fluent, even though last night at the bar you were. Uh, so I think that like in that sense, if you're saying, I want to become fluent in English, it's just so vague. It's like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully in today's podcast, I mean, we're going to talk about proficiency and why that's a better goal. But also, you know, if you're saying, I want to be fluent in English, then it's good for you to think about too, what does that mean for me? What would that mean to be fluent? And start envisioning yourself, you know, what will you be able to do that you can't do now? What will your life look mm -hmm. like? How will it be different than it is now? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It really goes back to what we believe here uh, at Real Life English, right? Start with why, right? Most definitely. Uh, what do I need English for? Yeah. So, yeah, defining the situations you would like to feel comfortable with, uh, you would like to communicate naturally in. Yeah. So you have to define that from the get-go. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that the learners who are able to do that, who they really can see I mean, it's, if you guys haven't seen this yet, you definitely have to check out the video that Thiago did talking about his English learning journey because he had that very clear that he needed to become an English learner and that that would like, you know, be life-changing for him. So, you know, having that can help you to get to very advanced levels because you're going to have the motivation to keep pushing through even when it gets difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So people are probably pretty curious. You know, we've been talking, throwing around this word proficiency. What does proficiency mean? What does that look like for an English learner who's proficient? Yeah, I mean, uh, I look at proficiency, Ethan, as the things you are capable of doing in the language, right? Um, depending on your proficiency level, you are able to do certain things, yeah? And the idea is the higher your proficiency level gets, the more things you are supposed to do. Uh, going back to your example about maybe going to a bar and talking to people there, and you are quite fluent in that situation. Uh, maybe at that situation, uh, you have the proficiency level necessary in the language, the tools, the, the, the baggage, right, necessary to operate well in that situation. But if you are thrown in a business meeting and you gotta give a one hour business presentation, you might not have the proficiency level necessary to operate well in that context. So that's what, that's how I view proficiency is um, how much of the language you understand. Because, you know, while fluency is about the flow, how smoothly you talk, right? Uh, proficiency is your hard knowledge of the language, your vocabulary range, for example. Um, do you tend to use the same words all the time when you communicate? Or you have a good range, a good variety of vocabulary, both active and passive, right? Also your grammatical structure knowledge, right? Are you able to use different kinds of phrases, different kinds of structures, or even understand them when somebody's using them? Yeah, so it's the, I see it as like that. That's why we have the levels yeah, on the CEFR, for example, because each level describes what a learner at that level should be able to do. It means that that person has the minimum language competence necessary to accomplish all those things that are described there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could think about it like, you know, a car, like if you have like a fancy car or something that... Inside, hopefully, like in you know, under the under the hood, we would say, or under the bonnets, as they would say in the UK. I'm not sure which <laughs> one you learned. <laughs> I learned hood, but later I learned bonnet. I was like, what bonnet? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's a strange word for us Americans because a bonnet is like um, back. 
I don't know. I think about like back in the probably the 1800s or something, a lot of women wore bonnets on their heads. It was like a, a right. piece of headwear. So right. anyway, that's that for the, that's, uh, we digress. So uh, I, I gotta, I gotta stop you here. Sorry. Uh, that's an amazing word you use. What does it mean? We digress or I digress. It means that we are, or I am going off topic here. Yeah. I should have said I digress because you weren't the one digressing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you had like a, say like a really nice car, what's under the hood could be like your proficiency, you know, it's like your knowledge is what makes the car run, you know, and then everything you have on outside, if you, you can make it like look really nice, you can polish it up so that your friends are really impressed by it. People see you driving it. They think you're a really cool guy. It's a little bit like that. You know, your fluency is kind of like how you flow and how you come across as being natural and confident and everything. I suppose you can be fluent and not confident, but, uh, but I think they, they're two things that go pretty well hand in hand. And everything mm-hmm. that you have under the hood or the uh, the bonnet is <laughs> kind of like your proficiency. It's all the the knowledge, the skills that you've acquired. That is a great analogy, I would say. Yeah, and I do believe actually that it's possible for a learner to be quite proficient in the language, but not be so fluent. Most definitely, yeah. I think it's a curse that like a lot of learners have. Right? Is they've spent so long studying and they have all this knowledge in their head, but they're thrown into a situation where they have to speak and it's just like they freeze up because it's like really, you know, you've probably spent a lot of time practicing your listening, your your reading, even your writing, but you just haven't put yourself out there to speak with other people. And so you mm-hmm. haven't gained that fluency that you can really only get by speaking, even if it's just speaking by yourself, but it's still like you have to open your mouth and start to train your tongue, your mouth, your muscles of articulation to make those sounds. Exactly. And looking at the other side, the same thing could happen. Yeah, A person could be quite fluent already in the language, but if you feel like there's more to do, maybe you need to improve your proficiency level, learn more words, learn new grammar structures, improve your language knowledge, because then you're going to be able to be even more fluent, right? Yeah. I, it, that's definitely more rare, but I have met these type of people who... I think it's people who are extroverted and they're maybe more naturally confident or they've worked on confidence, you know, in their, their native language, mm-hmm. they're more able to like feign this, you know, to, to fake it a little bit. And that can be something that can work and be like, fake it until you make it. But the problem is I've met some of these people and they're able to speak like quite fluently, but they're just making a lot of mistakes all the time. And that can also get in the way of other people understanding them. So maybe like you're fluent, you're mm-hmm. able to f- speak with that flow that Chiago was talking about, but People don't always understand you because, you know, you haven't worked on your pronunciation, maybe. You haven't worked on the grammatical structures. You don't have, you know, a wide enough uh, array of vocabulary to help you to precisely communicate what you're trying to say, what you're thinking. A wide array of vocabulary. Ethan, my goodness, man. That is amazing. A wide array. Would it be a range? Yeah, a wide... It's like a variety, right? A wide array. If you go to... uh, Buffet, maybe you have a wide array of options, right, as to what to eat. Mm-hmm. But you see, I mean, that's a great example of proficiency, right? I mean, uh, the more proficient you get, the easier it's going to be for you to understand these kinds of words and even use them. Yeah, and that's the the beautiful thing about it. Just through the context, right? Exactly. You can infer, yeah, via the context. You become better at inferring, right? And uh, just going back to what you were saying before about... Um, you know, the person who maybe is able to fake, right? A super extroverted person who is able to fake 
some confidence in the language, right? Um, I think, you know, fluency is also related to understanding, not just speaking or the output, right? But also understanding, uh, comprehension, right? Because um, maybe that person who is super extroverted and who is able to speak, when the person speaks, the person speaks confidently and naturally. Maybe that person doesn't have the proficiency necessary to understand mm. something more dense. I have seen that as well, yeah. <laughs> I've, like, I've spoken to so many English learners. I think I've seen every, every profile of this proficiency versus fluency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's also about being able to comprehend, to understand language. Yeah? So it's kind of a, there's the input and the output there. Yeah, so. Definitely. That's, it's really important to, to work on both. And something we've talked about in the past is like, even, uh, even if you don't need it for anything, training for a certificate for whatever level of English you're wanting to achieve. So, you know, if you're this person who's saying, I want to be fluent, you're probably intermediate. So it could be good maybe to go for B2 or even push for C1 to, you know, get up to an advanced level because it kind of gives you the structure that you need to study some of these different things that will help you to be proficient at that level, right? Exactly. And uh, going for an exam like that, let's say, uh, I don't know, the Cambridge test or the the IELTS, uh, something like that, uh, it kind of, it's a milestone, you know, it's a milestone in your development. Yeah. Maybe you have been learning English, studying it for years, you know, and you're not sure exactly where you would be placed in terms of level of proficiency. So, you know, take one of these tests, you know, see where you are placed. If you are placed at a B2 level or C1, then you know exactly the kinds of material or the kind of English you should be aiming at to maybe go to the next level. So, and when you do that, it's a milestone. When you accomplish that, you study for that level, you maybe take the test, you, you pass it, right? It's like you said, it's a nice way to structure your studies. Yeah, so as promised, we are not going to just define proficiency and fluency all day, but we want to actually give you some steps. Well, we just gave you one actually, but uh, we'll give you some more steps uh, to get more proficient. If you're like most learners, then you probably get frustrated when you learn a new word and then when it's time to speak, you've completely forgotten it. Now, I found that after I learn a new word, one of the best solutions to this is to use it as soon as possible. But what happens if you simply don't have somebody else to speak English with? Well, that's exactly why we created the Real Life app, which is the only place where anytime, anywhere you have an internet connection, you can simply press a button and instantly be connected to another English speaker in another part of the world to have a conversation and practice speaking together. So you will improve your listening skills, learn advanced words, and build confident, natural English. Also, you will have conversations every day with people from all around the world, discover other cultures, talk about your passions, and even be able to practice everything that you're learning with this lesson. So if you want to go from being a lost and insecure English learner to becoming a confident and natural English speaker, download the Real Life app for free right now by clicking the link on the description of this episode. Or you can search for Real Life English in the Apple app or Google Play Store. First of all, something we've talked about a lot on this podcast, a big thing that's at the core of you know how we teach here at Real Life English is not just learning English, but living it. So if you're not already living your English, then you should really you know, start to pick up habits that are going to help you to start living your English every day. And Chiago and I talked all about this on episode 316 of the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, we highly recommend you check it out. We can also link it 
down in the description if you're watching on YouTube or in the show notes, which you'll find in the description of the audio version. Uh, but yeah, uh, before you had mentioned something about like living your English, Tiago, do you want to share that with the audience? Yeah, uh, I think what's cool about it is that it it, it kind of goes full circle, you know. Um, for example, think of think of a beginner English learner, right? At that point, the best thing you can do if you are a beginner or at a lower level is develop your fluency more, work on your fluency, right? Develop more confidence. Try to feel more natural communicating, right? Start getting to the habit of speaking the language, even with yourself, if you don't have anybody to practice speaking with, but start developing that. When you do that for a while, you're going to come to a point where you become quite operate. I like to call operational. You become quite operational in the language, meaning that you understand pretty much, you know, a lot of things. You communicate with a fairly, um, you know, fairly well, I would say, yeah. And you can use your English for day-to-day -day life already, even for work, yeah. Uh, and then you hit that plateau, that wall, yeah, usually at an upper intermediate level, yeah, where you go like, okay, uh, I can use English, I can understand a lot of it, I can speak relatively well, but I still feel like there's more that I can do, but I'm not sure what, yeah, uh, I, I know. This is exactly how I feel with music sometimes, you know. Um, even though I play well, the guitar, I still feel like I could be doing more. I could be learning more uh, with the instrument, right? So at that point, working on proficiency, you know, taking a step back from fluency work a little bit and focusing more on this hardcore knowledge of the language, you know, developing your proficiency might be the best thing for you. And then, you know... Uh, it's about improving vocab, grammar, studying for a test, whatever it is, right? But it's more—it's a more deliberate way of practicing the language. You do that for a while. When you get to the level you are aiming at, like, oh, I want to be a C1, I want to be an advanced speaker, or even C2, which is the last one, yeah? Then you can go back to the beginning. You can go back to living your English. That's exactly what I do nowadays, you know? Nowadays, I don't study English anymore, like, deliberately, Right? I'm not really worrying about that anymore. Uh, I just live my English. And it's also like you go from being a an English learner and you become an English speaker, someone who's just, you know, English is another aspect of your life, right? Exactly. And what you were saying is this, you know, about going from being kind of someone who's learning more deliberately to someone who you're not learning deliberately anymore. It's just, you know, you do your things, you know, you enjoy many different pieces of content, you work in English, you use your English in many different ways in that sense, yet you still haven't lost your curiosity, right? Which is the, the mm. next step is being curious. So uh, even before, you know, Tiago, I said an expression that he hadn't heard before, like a wide array of things. And, and he said, you know, I believe from the context, it means this, is that right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you know, I think a big part of that too is letting down your ego, because a lot of people who get to an advanced level, mm -hmm. they're kind of, they can become cocky, you know, like arrogant and start to think like, oh, you know, I, I know the language, like I don't need, I don't need any help or, you know, they're, they're afraid to, to say or to ask, you know, when they don't understand something or to even like look up a word, you know, to pause and, and look up a word because their, their pride's so attached to them being that advanced level. But even if you're a native, I still see words in English, expressions in English as a native that I haven't ever seen before. I do, um, I think, have you ever pl played Wordle before? There's a, it's like a game from the the New York Times. Can you say that again? Wordle. 
is what they call Wordle. it. Wordle. No. Wordle. What kind of game so is that? This is actually something, if you're an advanced speaker of English, you could try it out. It's it's difficult even for, for natives. I mean, it's it's made for natives. But uh, you get, so there, there's five boxes and, you know, you have to basically guess a, a word in English, like a, mm. a five-letter word. You don't have like any clues or anything. You just put down a five-letter word and, and go from there and you get six tries to guess the word. And each time it tells you, you know, um, it'll tell you, letters that aren't including the word, letters that are including the word, but they're in the wrong place and mm. letters that are including the word and they're in the right place. And so from there mm. you have to go guessing. Uh, I'm kind of digressing here, but the reason that I bring that up is because, uh, I, you know, do this every day. Like I, I, uh, my dad's like really into these kind of puzzles and stuff. So it's kind of like something that we'll do every day and kind of say like, how many guesses do we get it in? Uh-huh. And the reason I bring this up is because like the other day, even there was, and I can't even remember what the word was, but there was a word. I, I didn't get it because I'd never heard of it. And I, you know, I, I asked my dad, so. And he knew. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he got it that day, but yeah. He, and sometimes if I'm reading something, there'll be words that, you know, I can, I can, I think. 95% of the time understand through the context. But, you know, when you're in literature, there's the widest array of vocabulary, right? <laughs> so you have, uh, you have so many opportunities to, to learn new words, even when you've been speaking it for over 30 years. So I think that the main thing I'm wanting to say here is that the curiosity, even when you get to a very advanced level, don't let your ego get in the way of it. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we, we get to a point where we have learned everything about the language, all the words, not even in our native languages, yeah? We know all the words. So yeah, I mean, uh, it goes back to another belief we have a lot here, yeah? Which is um, uh, lifelong learning, right? You're learning for life, yeah? It's a lifelong thing. It's not, you know, a temporary thing, yeah? And I also like what you said about the ego, yeah? I mean, uh, not letting your ego... Uh, get in her way. And this applies to language learning, but also to life, right? But I think that it also comes with maturity. You know, I mean, the older you get, um, the more you realize, it's like, you know, the older you get, the wiser you become, and the more you know, the 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 more you realize that you don't know, you know, something like that. It's kind of a paradox, right? The more I know, the more I, I realize I don't know. So that humility also comes with, uh, I think, maturity and age, right? I mean, not letting your ego. For some of us. <laughs> yeah. There's some politicians I could say the opposite of, but... Yeah, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, going into the, the last step, uh, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, and connected to that, we could also talk about active learning, right? So when you are curious, you are being active or proactive. Uh, just like uh, the example Ethan just mentioned now, yeah? Uh, you didn't know the word when you were doing the thing there, yeah? But then you asked your dad, right? And your dad gave you the answer. So you could have just maybe uh, stayed quiet, you know? Oh, I'm not gonna tell my dad that I don't know this word, you know? Or even myself now, yeah, when I heard you use the word array, immediately I had to stop and ask to confirm if, you know, it is what I was thinking, right? But yeah, this is being active in the language, not letting this, when something calls your attention, you stop and you check it with someone, with a dictionary, I don't know, but you, you stop what you're doing and you check, yeah? This is active learning. Yeah, one of, cause I'm the same as you, you know, with Spanish Catalan, I, I live in Barcelona, I use them every day, so, uh, and I'm at a pretty advanced level with both of them. So it's kind of the same that now I'm just living them. But one of the places where I'll still, you know, 
use active learning is if I'm watching something and like a TV series or a movie and someone says something, I just like, like the way that they say it. So like, I'll, you know, I repeat it a couple of times how they said it just to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like work on those muscles articulation and, um, kind of grabbing the, the music, of the language. And, uh, and I think that that's a really great way, you know, even if you're kind of in a more passive phase with your learning, it can be a great way just to, you know, have little drops of, of activation there. Uh, so I think you can always kind of, I think that's also a thing about curiosity is just kind of playing with the language and noticing how people say things and having fun with it, you know? So, and again, I think if you have a really big ego, it can be hard to do that because you'll feel awkward, right? Uh, kind of making those sounds and stuff. So it can be good to start practicing that, you know, your ego will go down, you'll get more confident and you can have more fun. So that's true. Uh, we actually, speaking of like making watching TV series more active, we did a podcast all about this. It's episode 309. Mm-hmm. So we can also link that down in the description if you're on YouTube or in the description of the audio of this, or you can just go look for it. But anyway, uh, if you're wanting to learn a lot more with TV series and movies, then you definitely want to check that out. And if you know, you're know you listening to this podcast, you're probably passively listening, right? You might be washing your dishes, maybe you're in the bus, you're uh, doing things around the house or something like that. But you could get kind of curious maybe about uh, a word that one of us said or an expression or how we said something. Um, maybe you'll notice like a certain grammatical structure, right? And uh, maybe even like a, you know, a certain sound that you know that you you need to work on in your own speaking. So, you know, we'd highly recommend that if you're listening to this, uh, you know, on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple, any other streaming uh, service like that, you should check out the Real Life English app. You know, it's a great place for you to listen to this because you get a transcript absolutely for free so you can follow along. You can even, you know, listen passively and just have that there so that if you hear something that's curious like that, you can go look at the transcripts. Like maybe there's an expression we said and you're kind of saying like, how, how is that spelled? Um, and you can go see it or, you know, if it helps you with the pronunciation and everything. And the great thing too is, you know, you can see all of the new words that we're using there with the definitions. You can get vocabulary flashcards so that you never forget the new words that you're learning. So yeah, give it a try. It's absolutely free. And as we hinted at the beginning of the podcast, Thiago is going to share, you know, one of his favorite metaphors for language learning. But before we get into that, we are going to give a shout out to a very special listener. All right. So the shout out today goes to Somaya. And Somaya says, I give you five stars because since I discovered your YouTube channel, my English has improved and I really enjoy your podcasts. So thank you guys. I highly recommend this app and oh yeah. Thanks so much, Somaya. And if you, just like Somaya, want to improve your English learning skills, then be sure to download the Real Life app. It's absolutely free. You can look for Real Life English in the Apple App Store or in the Google Play Store, or you can click the link in the description. So you were telling me how language learning is very similar to learning an instrument, Thiago. So why is that? Yeah, uh, I play guitar, right? And I have been playing it for many years already. And while I think that I am quite fluent uh, playing guitar, I'm not proficient enough, I think. You know, I think that I could improve my level of proficiency. Uh, for example, I could play rock and roll fairly well, uh, the blues, you know, 
quite fluently, but I couldn't play jazz, for example, because, you know, in order for you to play, to play jazz, you need to learn different scales and different phrasings on the instrument, you know, that I simply don't know. So I don't have the proficiency level necessary or the tools or the baggage necessary in the instrument to play jazz. But if I have to play rock and roll or blues, for example, I can do it fluently. You see, uh, just to give a demonstration, I have my guitar here. Yeah, let me show you very quickly what I mean, right? Ooh, let's have a listen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a uh, acoustic one, yeah? And this is why they call you Axel Pose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, right? So the blues, I could go something like... You see, I mean, uh, that's fine. Um, it's easy to do that, and I can do it fairly fluently. Easy for but you. <laughs> I'm <j> but <laughs> what I mean is um, I'm just using one note here and one scale. The guitar players out there will know I'm just using the pentatonic scale, which is quite simple. Yeah. I mean, while I can work with that fairly well, I mean, if I have to play something more complex or a different kind of music, I would struggle more. So I think that's a good analogy to illustrate the difference between being fluent in English and having the proficiency level necessary to accomplish your goals. Maybe what you're looking for at the moment is not more fluency, but more proficiency, so that then you can go on and become even more fluent or well-rounded as a speaker, yeah? Makes perfect sense, yeah. I think too, it's like really important to have that balance to make sure that you're finding moments to work on both of them, right? Because sure. you can fall into that trap where you're just like, oh, I haven't studied enough yet. So like, you know, I'll speak once I have studied enough, once I've learned all the grammar rules, once I have, you know, enough vocabulary. Uh, and there's like a quote we like to, or a proverb that we like to cite a lot. That's there's seven days in the week and someday is not one of them. So, you know, there's Monday, Tuesday, mm -hmm. Wednesday, but there's no someday. So, you know, Start speaking English right away. If you're if you're not already speaking, you can do it on the Real Life English app. It's free to connect with other people and start speaking your English today. You could do it right now in audio or in video as you prefer. Um, speak with yourself, you know, like pick some subject or read a news article and then like, you know, speak about it as if you were explaining to someone else. Find these different ways to practice your fluency. But if you're someone who's already having speaking opportunities and you find that, you know, sometimes you're freezing up or, you know, you just don't have the words that you need. Or, you know, if you have to use a certain grammatical structure, if you have to speak about the conditional, about the future or something like that, you just find that it's really challenging for you. You have to think a lot. Then, you know, maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board, time to go back to your, your, your books or time to, you know, go back to fixing whatever aspect of that is. And that would be working more on your proficiency, right? Absolutely. And it, I think it's important to reinforce that point here, right, Ethan? It's not like we are speaking against fluency. Of course not. That's like the ultimate goal, actually, right? Uh, we, just, we are just saying that fluency and proficiency, they are both important. And in our journey, you have to take both into consideration, yeah? They are different things, as we are, you know, explaining here today. But yeah, both go hand in hand. Yeah, if you want to become a more well-rounded speaker of English, uh, absolutely, you have to take both into consideration. What does it mean if you're a well-rounded something, if you're a well-rounded English speaker or guitar player or mm -hmm. another skill? A synonym I like to think of is complete. You know, you are, you are a more complete guitar player or you are a more complete English speaker, meaning that you are able to operate well in English in various, various situations, you know? It's not just about going to the bar and meeting people there. 
You can do that, yes, but you can also give a one-hour business presentation. You can watch a lecture that is on a dense topic and you can understand that. You are able to deal with abstract language also. Yeah, so yeah, well-rounded. I, I, I like to think about it as complete. Uh, that's how I, I would put it, yeah. Yeah, and all that said, I like don't fall into the trap of perfectionism. Proficiency doesn't mean perfectionism. It doesn't mean perfect. Natives aren't even perfect. And, you know, instead of a lot of people, they might, uh, they might fall into these traps of like, you know, needing to find the perfect course, needing to find the perfect teacher, needing to find the perfect solution that's going to help them, you know, to, to get all these things. And like, really, you just need to get started. You just need to find something that you can do. So, you know, if, if grammar is what's screwing you up, Go watch some videos on YouTube about grammar or, you know, if you have a grammar book, then, you know, pop it open for five minutes every morning while you have your coffee. If maybe it's pronunciation, people have trouble understanding you, then there's like all sorts of like free drills you can do on YouTube and I'm sure other places on the internet. If it's that you don't have enough opportunities to speak and you need to start speaking more, then download the Real Life app for free. Have a conversation with someone there. If you're listening, you could also do the same and, you know, listen to this podcast with the transcript. There's so many little things you can do, but just do something, I think, is the bottom line, right? Absolutely. And going back to the beginning of the episode today, starting with why, right? Defining what you need English for. Because there isn't right or wrong here, guys. You know, um, if for you, being fluent in English means being able to travel and order a meal at a restaurant and make new friends, I mean, and you are able to do that and you are content with that level, you are happy with that, great. I mean, great job. Go learn another language now or go do something else. Go learn something else, right? But if you need English maybe for work or you want to take it really to the next level, you, want, you really want to master the language, then your approach is different. So it goes back to starting with why. There's no right or wrong here, but the amount of work you're going to put in, especially uh, your, on your proficiency level, is related to your goals with the language, right? So defining that is really, really important, yeah? Could not agree more. So we're going to continue making these video podcasts. We hope you're enjoying them, but we'd really like to know, you know, what would make you even more likely to watch the next episode? You could suggest different topics. You could suggest something that, you know, you think would be better if we changed or we added or, you know, anything like that. We'd just love to hear what you're thinking so far and how we can keep getting better. So let us know down in the comments below. And thanks so much for joining us today on the Real Life English Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next week for another action-packed episode of English learning. One, two, three. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. 
Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah. Yeah.